0: Today on the Mr. Market Podcast, we're going to talk about what stocks I should be investing in post-election, depending on the winner, the defined contribution of 401k, tailwind in the market. We're going to talk about the crux of the retail investor. We're going to answer some typical 401k questions. We will discuss the valuation trend and we'll close with stories about getting too far out. We hope you enjoy. The Mr. Market Podcast is a production of Sphere Wealth Management. Sphere is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Sphere and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principle. No advice may be rendered by Sphere unless a client service agreement is in place. See our ADV or get additional information about Sphere. Visit our website, www.spherewealth.com. Firm information is also available on the SEC's website, www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. Before investing, seek advice from a financial professional, preferably one that acts as a fiduciary and is willing to put that in writing. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or sign up for email commentary through our website, spherewealth.com. This is the Mr. Market Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hey, so, John, with uh, the election coming up in a couple of days, obviously Tuesday, November 3rd, uh, we're already seeing a lot of voting happening early. We are hearing a lot that there's going to be the mail-in ballots and there could be it could take a week or two. Before hopefully, not that long, but we can already see that it may be a week or two down the road. The question around the market that we get this time of year is that you know, we get clients calling us saying, "Hey, what should I be do? What should we be doing with our money right. in light of the election?" And the answer that I always like to give is, "I have no idea, right? You know It's just no idea. I don't know what's going to happen based on what it does. There's no, there's no real rhyme or reason. Yeah. You know, to that. Yeah. there never has been. That never has been. I mean, Although it, typically after
0: elections, it's the market's good. Yeah. Typically after elections, the market. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. I mean, so to just think that if your political candidate that you're supporting doesn't win that, oh, that should automatically mean that I should take all my money out and mm-hmm. go sit on the sideline that's generally a losing strategy. Um, I, I have seen that happen in my 30 years of doing this. I've seen clients do that. They kind of panic. Mm-hmm. Their client didn't win. You know, their candidate didn't, or not client, their candidate didn't win. And they get kind of nervous and they think, oh, I, I better get all my money yeah, out. Yeah, and in some way buying into this idea that
0: one, you know, one economic plan is, is better than another. And, you know, it's going to be bad for markets if... And And where they got that, I'm not sure I don't know, I'm not sure, but we've never actually seen it's never actually happened where because a candidate wins, the market responds negatively to it. We did it, it does shift. you have shifts in the market right yep. so yep. and and one you know we'll go back to four years ago when Trump won, yeah. Man, you talk about a shift in the market. Tr- futures <laughs> were trading down almost a thousand points. Right, right. You know, right at right at, right at the the call of the election. Like when, once you started realizing that, oh my gosh, he's got a chance. Futures start trading down, and then and I think it was a lot of the unknown. I think we were so comfortable with a Hillary win at that point from a from a from a market standpoint. The
1: anticipation that it was going to be a Hillary yeah. win. Yeah,
0: you get Trump, yeah. and then the next thing you know, everybody's like, wait, wait, wait a minute, what's going to happen? And the one thing that you did see was all the healthcare stocks spiked. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right. I, I think Hillary was Hillary ran on an agenda of going after these healthcare companies, specifically the pharmaceuticals. Right. Um, you know, for for price gouging and things like that, which may or may not be true. But at the same time, I mean, I know um, we get fear. We traded out of our pharmaceuticals right. a, ahead of the election. Right. Right. Uh, in fear, total fear of Hillary coming in and just just cleaning them out. Mm-hmm. Um. It, which may or may not need to happen. I don't know. But yeah. obviously, Trump ran on a very different agenda, and that was that was corporate uh, corporate taxes. And so Trump wins, and all of a sudden, you realize the market's going to have this this kind of headwind of lower taxes, um, headwind, tailwind of lower taxes, and the tailwind of lower taxes across the across the constituency, which allows for them to you know use more discretionary money to go reinvest it back in the economy, and in these companies. And man, the market just yeah. I mean she ran like a spotted ape dog after that or whenever <laughs> Jeff
1: Foxworthy says in that in that great that, it, that great little uh, it, it was absolutely amazing. I remember coming in that morning and the futures were way down and you just kind of thought, wow, I mean, it's going to be a bad day. And by the end of the day, the market was up over 500 points. Yeah. And and just but this massive change of thinking that happened within the market on that one day. And then from there, the market went up. I mean, the market, the Man, rest it, of the quarter geez, that, had a great quarter, you know, and uh, all in – I guess it all had to kind of be around anticipation of what was coming at that time. So, so you know what's going to happen from a market
0: return standpoint. You know, even even during COVID. You know, especially because we're back to levels close to where we were on Mm -hmm. uh, most of these most of these indexes. Man, what a phenomenal four year run in the market. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah tooting his horn about the economy I could I could poke holes in that not that you know it's a political poking of holes just a you know you focus on certain parts of the economy and not other parts of the economy whenever you're tooting your own horn right both sides do it sure and so you could poke holes in the idea that we have this you know the greatest economy of all time I don't know necessarily know that that's true but from a market standpoint, wow, what a four years. Yeah. I mean, very indicative of Obama's first four years in office, you know, post 08, you can right post the 08 crash. Yeah you know, he gets started on 09, basically three months into his presidency, the market bottoms and just a rip-roaring ride after that. Yeah. A lot of that just, just because we fell so far. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember you think back to 2013 after the uh, 2012, Mm -hmm. the market just had a boom. I mean, just a great year in the market and the economy was really moving slow. It was kind of tagged the plow horse economy Mm -hmm. at that time. So, it was really one of the slowest recoveries that we've ever economic seen. Economic recoveries, right? Yeah, economic it, it, recovery, it, it, but yet the market just the in market 2013 was, just boomed. Yeah, I think you know, a 30
0: 30- year. 8%, 35% yes the S&P, yeah. something, yeah, something way, crazy way, like that. way,
1: up. 17 was a good year, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and then obviously 19 was a great yeah. year. 18, not so good. 18 was yeah, not, not a good great. year. Everything was down. But 19 was another great year. So, yeah, we've had an amazing run uh, in, in the market. And so, you know, the question, you know, back to what's the market going to do related to the economy, boy, it's really hard to know. Yeah, it's really hard to know.
0: Yeah. And you kind of, let's, let's, let's
1: compartmentalize
0: the two candidates and what they, what they want to focus on and where we think there might be opportunities given either one of the, you know, either one of them winning. Um, obviously you have to point, look at, you point at Biden, you look at, at the value side of the equation, making a comeback in a Biden win. And a lot of that would probably have to do with corporate profits. So corporate profits would be taxed at a pretty tremendous rate, um, according to his, his plan. Um, the companies that are generating those profits right now are these big, you know, tech growth companies, and that would be curbed significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, from an overall economic standpoint, I don't know. But from a corporate earnings standpoint, I think that you would probably see the value side of the equation catch up. I think financials would probably do a little bit better. I do think that energy would catch up. Um mm-hmm. Not necessarily because Biden wins, we're going to have deregulation or continued, you know, kind of focus on deregulation of fracking and things like that. That's not that's not why it would catch up. It would catch up in certain parts of the complex versus other parts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of some things would do well. Other things would not do so well. Um, yeah, I think I think staples would do very well in a in a Biden win, not because we're going to defensive stocks, but because I just think that. um a lot of times in, in in trump has probably been the most protectionist uh republican ever i say republican you kind of flip back in the day but you know kind of republican kind of mm. conservative to ever run mm. um and i don't necessarily know that he's a conservative but he's been the most protectionist uh president that we've had in a long long time yeah, yeah. and so um you think that you kind of think about that and you think well staples may or may not do really well in a biden win. biden may reverse some of those um some of those Mm -hmm. things that that trump tried to do to to manufacture more goods in the states i don't know yeah um you know we don't know he may actually biden have may have a plan to increase manufacturing um you know you heard about components of that plan that obviously resonate with people in certain areas and so when you're building plans to get elected you build plans to get elected not not necessarily to have great economic plans, right? <laughs> right? 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 It's The
1: plan to get elected. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll do the plan. Then we'll do the real plan, plan yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's funny about the SNL thing. I remember the other day that uh, they just kept talking the plan, the plan, mm-hmm. the plan on the SNL. That was really oh man, funny. Funny. Alec Baldwin. It had was really good. Got a yeah. great plan. It's been a great. It's plan, It's the greatest yeah. plan of all time. <laughs> <laughs> great plan, yeah. So uh, yeah, but you know the I mean the common theme in that is as We do run up against the election, you know, that um, uh, are, I guess, you know, and I want to be careful around the way we say this, but is that historically we haven't seen one party win and then everything go, you know, as the old saying, to hell in a handbasket. You know, it's just not the way it generally goes. Um, And so, Maybe any kind of fear that you may be having as a consumer, as a client, as an investor out there mm-hmm. today, eh, maybe, maybe, you know, try to curb that a little bit because that has not been historically what happens. Yeah, I
0: think that's yeah. I think that's fair.
1: But, you know, you're going to have change,
0: mm-hmm. right? Regardless of who wins the presidency, we're probably going to see some shifts in the House and Senate and it may be a little bit more. Uh, you know, it could go either way. The sure. shifts could go either way. Sure. And and I I do believe that if we if we go into this election season with this idea that one person, one candidate, one presidential candidate means a good economy and one presidential candidate means a bad economy or bad market or good market it's the wrong mentality. Right. It's where do I focus my dollar after that if I'm an investor? And I think mm-hmm. if Trump wins, you're probably gonna see these uh, these growth stocks continue. Continue on their trajectory, um, and I think if you see a Biden win, you probably have a little bit more value-oriented names start to pop up. I do think that a Biden win and his plan would probably mean you know it's a little bit more regulatory. It would mean a little bit slower economic growth. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like Trump has had this unbelievable economic growth, and I think that's that's one of the that's one of the things people don't realize is we've had a very slow growth economy for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time since we've hit that four, five, six, seven percent annualized return on, you know, rate of change on GDP. We haven't had that in a long time. Um, since, oh wait, we've had the slowest recovery on record and it was trending higher with Trump, but it may, it may just be late in the cycle. Um, yeah. Typically, yeah. when you get late in the economic recovery cycle, you do trust to trend higher in economic growth, and that's usually right before the next bust occurs. Um, and are we at the precipice of the next bust? Maybe so. Maybe it's, yeah. maybe COVID is what did it. Um, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm, you look out there and you realize, man, this is not good. What we are seeing in yeah. the economy, these are very negative signs, and I don't know that I don't know that either president, either candidate, is going to be able to change that. Right. Um, I do think one win or the other; they're 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 kind of agendas. They do swing the pendulum a little bit toward, uh, I would say, you know, kind of like big categories: value for Biden, growth for Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean that in not growth in like economic growth, the growth side of the market. So yeah. companies yeah. that are growing top line earnings relatively quickly and not necessarily paying large dividends, usually. Um, and, and trading at little higher multiples is what really that, mm-hmm. that means. The higher multiples being just how much you have to pay for a dollar of
1: earnings. I know we've talked about this some, and we'll kind of wrap up with this, that that – Another factor of that, and, and Keith pointed it out, I think, a couple of weeks ago, is that, you know, if, if if CD rates at the bank, for example, if money market rates at the bank were sitting at 5 6% mm-hmm. right now, you might see a lot of people thinking, I'm running away from what's going on in the stock market. I'm willing to take a 5 6% return. But we're not seeing that. We're seeing 0% on the interest rate side. Right. So again there's where people are wanting they're just leaving their money in the market because that's probably the best place to have it right now in comparison to just leaving it sitting cash right yeah yeah so. i think
0: i think that there's a a large part of that is true there's some changes that have occurred that, have allowed, that allow us to have higher valuations than we have historically. And one of those things is this, um, you know, and we've talked about this before, the defined contribution push. And what defined contribution is, a defined contribution is a type of plan. Most people call it a 401k plan. 401k plan is a type of defined contribution plan. It's a whole space out there of, of DC plans. 401k is the most common because that's the one people, people talk about. Yeah. So if you have a 401k or 403b or 457 or you know, whatever you have, whatever type of plan that you have, that that is money that you're taking out of your paycheck that's going directly into the market. And a lot of times that money is going to be more aggressively invested than the old defined benefit plan. Now, the defined benefit plan is what's sure. gone away here recently. The defined benefit plan is the pension plan. Most pension, people call it the pension yeah. plan, right? Right. And, the, and that's gone away. Now, there's there are all, all types of DB plans, all types of defined benefit plans. Most people call pension plans. They they understand pension plans and 401k plans. They understand the difference. So, let's just stick <laughs> with that. We get that
1: terminology. Let's, yep. just, let's yep. just
0: stick with that. So, you have money in pension plans. And the way money gets invested in pension plans is it's based on a, a variable. That um, you know, it's a, it's basically a rate of interest that grows over time, and if it, if the plan does better than that particular rate of interest, great. If not, the company has to kick in the extra money, or they can adjust the plan, and so that money ha- was historically much more conservatively invested right. than defined contribution plans, there's a lot more of that money ends up in the stock market. right? So you've seen this massive shift toward DC plans. There was a time when I think about 45%, not very long ago, about uh, 08, 09, about 45% of companies offered a, a DC plan. Now we're up to about 70%, 75% of companies offer a defined contribution plan. That's a big shift. Yeah. That's a very big shift. And these plans are getting more robust. People are, something happened in 2012 and there was a shift toward what are called safe harbor principles. And the safe harbor principles got more people to invest in the plan. So not only are more employers offering it, more of the more of the employees are participating in it because of the safe harbor rules. And the safe harbor rules essentially state that when you put money in and the company puts money in, it's automatically yours. But now the company doesn't have to go through testing, mm-hmm. which which kind of eliminated the ability for the highly compensated people to participate in the plan and the same level. So now you have these safe harbor rules which allow them to participate at the same level. They're participating. They're putting more money in. When a highly compensated person puts money in, they can put up to like nineteen thousand dollars in, whereas a lot of people, you know, put maybe three or four thousand dollars in a year. So just a massive shift to these DC plans and the amount of money that's flowing in there and a lot of that money ending up in indexes and ending up in the market. When it ends up in indexes, it ends up in the market that through indexes, it goes in indexed into the market. So you're buying Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, mm-hmm. Walmart, mm-hmm. you know, you're buying the big names as it is. Yeah. That's why you see these names continue to run higher and yeah. so there's this kind of this kind of tailwind of defined contribution plan assets money flowing in that's going to continue to prop up these names yeah. over time yeah. and as they continue to get propped up then you have these additional retail investors that are there in the space as well they're in there. I think we mentioned this on the Facebook Live, I think, or maybe we mentioned it earlier in this podcast, about 20% of investors are now retail investors, which I think is the highest in history. Right, And these people are coming into names. And you know what they don't buy? These, These they don't buy, you know, they don't buy companies like Travelers Insurance. <laughs> they don't buy Kimberly Clark. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. They buy, yeah, they buy Zoom. That's
1: they, right. buy, yeah. they buy
0: Zoom. They buy. They buy Tesla. You yeah. know, they buy Amazon right. and Facebook and Apple. These are the names they know, and they and right. they see these names. They see these companies, and yeah. they they because they're they're integrated in the in you know these companies are integrated in their lives. They believe that these companies are going to continue to do that, and they're wanting to
1: hit it big. And they don't think travelers insurance is going to be what hits it big, right? They yeah, think. you know, on that nine hundred point down day, you know, with the only stock,
0: the <laughs> only stock in the Dow that was up. Was travelers insurance. insurance,
1: yeah. <laughs> that and gold. That you and gold. That, man. that was it. Yeah. But
0: you know they, you know they don't, they don't, they don't buy names like you know, we talked like about Travelers, Dominion Energy, like this is kind yeah. of a stodgy utility company. They don't buy Kimberly Clark. A lot of them don't buy Adobe, which is sad. I think Adobe, and these are names, these are all names that we are we are currently invested in in our portfolios. A lot of these names, and I'll be be very careful whenever you listen to the podcast and we talk about stocks, because we may sell out of these stocks at a moment's notice, and we may not necessarily be high on the stocks at the time that we talk about it, Yep. Yeah. We do release this information, but um, but these are never a recommendation to buy or sell or trade or act no. in any way. No. Ever. Ever, yeah. But these are names that we have been invested in or are invested in currently, and so we're, we're comfortable with them. Adobe's one that I think is a great name that you know people, people aren't really... They don't know. They don't think about it. You think about Facebook. You think about Amazon. You think about Apple. You don't think about Adobe. But the number of people that are becoming content creators and utilizing Adobe's tools to do so is staggering because because now we're stuck at home the only way to communicate is through i mean we're doing facebook lives we're doing podcasts we're podcasting right now on adobe audition um whenever we do videos we do it in adobe premiere like adobe is going to be one of those companies that really Mm -hmm. carries us forward because we're going to be doing more stuff online we're going to be interacting more online and 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 you know here's a great one commercial metals. (laughs) <laughs> okay. It's kind of okay. a boring name. You think, yeah. you think any of the retail traders are in on commercial metals? No, no. Yeah. So commercial metals makes all the rebar. So in the event that we did get a, uh, government stimulus that included an infrastructure project that included a lot of roads being built, commercial metals and new would probably be the two companies in there. There may be some others, yeah. but those would be the two companies that be called on to provide a lot of that rebar. When, you know, when, when rebar is, is, is sent to whoever to build a building it's a certain amount of rebar right but when the government comes in and does three trillion Mm dollars of infrastructure of 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 stimulus and a lot of that goes to infrastructure that's a that's a big number for commercial metals to have access to yeah Uh, it's not a very big company for them to have access to that all of a sudden and so stuff like that that most retail investors don't buy that's out there this stuff is out there and it's 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 not that it doesn't have value it does but man in this new world we're talking about kind of this new normal this new world that we're in that's the kind of stuff that I think um, you know gets looked over because Tesla, is so popular mm-hmm. you know yeah. because Zoom is you know becoming a verb yeah, as right. you said.
1: yeah way more fun to invest in those and right. see how you do yeah right yeah, which creates
0: sure. that tailwind not just for the market as a whole but also for those big tech names sure, um, sure. that's the stuff that people are buying right now especially sure. retail investors and then and then it gets traded up higher because of the indexing that go, that occurs in defined contribution plans and across, across assets in general like a lot of people are I, I think more.
1: that's just a great point about how through these 401k plans these these uh defined contribution plans that it's like money that's going to be going in month after month after month because you're going to work every day. You've set up the program to payroll deduct and have that money go flowing in there. And it's just going to keep going no matter mm-hmm. what. And, and, and it's, um, it's it's just like a system, you know, it's like that deposit system going directly right. in there. And, uh, and nothing's going to really stop it from happening, you know, you're, unless right. you go in, which you usually don't, you go in yourself and say, oh, no, I want it. To all go into the stable value fund or something right. and or from the stable value fund or something like that we uh you know what we want to see happen there is um money just continue to flow in to the market we're going to continue seeing that happen and and by seeing that the market will just keep going up I mean that's a um yeah this that's is, a way to see it happen it's
0: we don't you know. We don't give a lot of stock advice on our on our show, and we don't do a lot of stuff like that. I mean, we obviously, we can't give stock advice as an RIA, as a registered investment advisor. We have rules. We can't give stock advice over a podcast. We're not registered in every state. And if somebody were to hear this podcast in the state of, you know, I think we are registered in Washington State, actually. But we're not registered in, you know, California, for instance. Well, I think we are registered in California, actually. <laughs> we think one. Maybe Vermont. We're not registered in Vermont. <laughs> yeah. Let's say someone in Vermont hears the podcast and uh, and they make a trade based on what we recommended well th- then all of a sudden we are not registered there to make that recommendation yeah. that's the reason why we have to be very careful about what yeah. we do and don't say about stocks now what we can do is we can talk about some strategy and i think this is a great opportunity for us for you and i to talk about a little bit just a few minutes on a 401k strategy you know cuz cuz i've gotten the, i've gotten the question you know and you just mentioned putting money in the stable value fund and i've gotten the question should i take all my money out of my 401k should i take all my money out of my and put it all in cash Mm -hmm. and 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 here's your response right like you're and for those of you that don't know uh don is the head of client experience he does uh he's kind of the face of of sphere from a client standpoint and so um Most people meet with Don. Most of our clients meet with Don, and Don is uh, been doing this for 475 years. (laughs) Close. (laughs) So, so he's gonna he's gonna give you this is free. This is a freebie here. This is this is freebie. I'm a client, Don. I come in and I say, Man, Don, I got I got this money going in my 401k. I'm gonna take all my money out of the 401k because I'm afraid of the market. I'm afraid of what's gonna happen. I'm afraid that. Trump's going to win, or Biden's going to win, or Nancy Pelosi's going to win, or maybe Kanye wins. Who
1: knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's your response? Well, the, well, the response would be, don't do that. You know, be careful. Don't do that. Um, I would probably have a little bit of discussion with you around just what we were talking about is that, hey, usually the market doesn't, you know, it's Democrat, Republican doesn't matter. The market's, you know, is bigger than that, mm-hmm. you know, and it has been. But one of the things I would say and we would talk around that would be diversification. Asset allocation. Let's make sure you're properly asset allocated based upon your risk tolerance. So mm-hmm. if all of your money is sitting in, for example, the S&P 500 fund that's connected to your 401k, well, then maybe we need to diversify that, spread that out a little bit more so. But another thing that I would say is that, hey, you've got two buckets of money going on with your 401k. One bucket is kind of that big conservative bucket of the money that's already there, all right? It's money that's already sitting there the second bucket is the one where you're putting the new money in. You got new money going in month after month after month. So the new money going in, that's really where we want to be aggressive. That's the mm-hmm. place to be aggressive. And that's what I would talk about, you know, with a client is that, okay, let's look at what funds would be the aggressive funds. So if the market does go down, and unless you're planning to retire next week or next month or a year from now, if the market does go down and we buy in, we got new money going in now we're buying at a lower price so then when it recovers and comes back up you win and you win big Mm -hmm. so that would be the basically just a real quick nutshell of kind of how I would have the discussion around that so let me tell you
0: how I heard that so in and I want to make sure that I, I understand this from you so you're telling me that even though I think the market's going to go down it's
1: good to have money going in Absolutely, yes. Why? Well, because when the market goes down, then you're buying, you're taking your money and you're buying in at a lower level. It's gone down lower. So it's the whole idea, think in terms of buy low and sell high. So if I'm wanting to buy low, I want to be buying in at that lower price. Mm-hmm. And so, so when, so if I've got money consistently going in, we call that dollar cost averaging we're Mm -hmm. dollar cost averaging into the market, then that when the market does recover, and we believe that it will, I mean, if you don't think the market would ever recover, well, then we wouldn't even want to have the 401k period, right? right? So, if you're going to have the 401k, we, we're not going to be able to time exactly when it's at the bottom. So, we want to be shoveling money in quarter by, mm. or month by month by month into right. the market so that whenever uh, it's dropping down low, we're actually buying at a low price. Gotcha.
0: So, I'm going to do the math, obviously. Right. I don't understand these concepts, but I'm going to do the math real quick. So, okay. let's say, um, let's say this, we put $100 a paycheck in and the stock trades at $100, okay? So if I I buy, and my first paycheck goes in, and I buy one share of the stock at $100, and I have one share, and I've got $100 invested, mm-hmm. stock drops to $50, mm-hmm. okay? Now, in, in, on the way down to 50 I get my paycheck. Now I put another $100 in. Now I buy two shares, because it's at 50 So yeah. I put 100, $100 in, two shares, $50 a piece. Now I own three shares of stock, and it's currently valued at hundred dollars uh, I'm sorry, three shares of stock currently valued at $150, uh, $50 a piece, right? Yeah. And you think, well, the average value of the stock was $75. But the reality is I have three shares and $200 invested. So I actually bought the stock at $66 a mm-hmm. share.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's which, good. Which flips yeah. it on its head that that in that in and of itself kind of flips the whole thing on its head because if you'll do that consistently especially in volatile in the most volatile asset classes of your 401k you and and volatility helps you when it's small dollars. It helps you when you're young and it helps you when it's small dollars. If you'll do that in the most volatile asset classes inside your 401k, you'll actually do very, very well in the long run because your average price of purchase is lower than the average price of the stock over that same period of time. Right. And I think that's a, it's, it. The lower it goes, the lower that average price that you bought in at go, yeah. it goes. And yeah. so that's really you want the lowest amount of ownership of the stock. And then whenever you retire, you want the highest value of that stock at that time. Right. Yeah. So if in my case, it's best for the entire market to go to zero. I put all my money in at zero. And then the market comes right back to its current levels. And then I retire the wealthiest man in the world.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I used to tell people that all the time. I'd say, hey, the best plan that could happen would be you start shoveling it in month by month by month, and every month it goes down. Yeah. And it keeps going down your whole life. And then that last year, right before you retire, it all just comes roaring back, and it comes all the way back to where it was you know, when you first started the mm-hmm. program. And then you're going to be like super wealthy because of, of what just happened there. Right. And so, so when you see it going down, and I've had clients, in the past that have that have been gotten scared and stopped putting money into their 401k -hmm. they'll get so scared that they'll think oh I don't I can't put any more money in the 401k and they'll call their human resource person and say hey stop putting money in the program and you're just you're Driving me crazy when I hear that as a financial advisor is that absolutely not. You need to be shoveling as much money as you can right. if you believe that it'll ever come back. You know, which right. which hopefully, if you've got money going into a four hundred one k, you're believing that it's eventually going to do good. Or if you've ever read any history books, or if you ever read the <laughs> in any history at all, or just come see us. You know, come see us. Yeah. We'll tell you. Yeah, we'll tell yeah. you. So, and that's that's interesting. So, what
0: what asset classes? You know, what asset classes right now do you think are un- we are under-allocated in? Um, you mean we as a firm? No, or I would say we, it, like we, we as society. The, yeah. the ones that when people yeah. come in, what asset classes are they lacking in their 401k? Uh, pr-
1: probably financials, right? probably the value-oriented stuff, mm. right? Because they've been throwing money into the S&P 500, which has some financials, has some other stuff in right. it. But what's been ripping and roaring inside the F- S&P 500 has been all the tech stuff. The large you tech know, that's stuff. Been, yeah. So so you're you're underweighted in the financials and the energy and the more value oriented mm-hmm. stuff. So if you begin to start shoving a bunch of money into the large cap, mid cap and small cap value stuff mm-hmm. that probably is going to be a great place to be going forward you know yeah um now there's no guarantee obviously or any of that kind of thing but we just we just know like one of the things we know historically from the way the market works is whatever is doing bad right now is probably what's going to be doing good down the road that's not always 100 percent true right but as a general rule <laughs> Um, yeah. And we know. don't know how far down the road. We
0: don't know how far down the road. Yet. But, I, but you know, his, historically, that's very accurate. Yep. And and you would always go, well, man, how did you, how did you not see energy making a, ro- a roaring comeback after it basically didn't create any shareholder value for 15 years? How did you not see it making a <laughs> roaring comeback right. in the 20s? Right. And and we would all go, well, man, you should have been there. Like we, we weren't driving anywhere, and nobody wanted to heat their homes anymore. And then when it was Corona, I remember Corona, yeah, 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 yeah. and 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 then wind. And mm-hmm. they were talking about solar energy, and they were talking about this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but hindsight's, tw-, you know. Yeah. You, we we're going to look back and we we're going to go, wow, or we're going to look back and go, man, I can't believe we got duped into buying into that those crazy energy companies. You don't know, you, you, yeah, you
1: don't, you, yeah, you don't know. You just, maybe
0: you, maybe Tesla can produce all the energy for the world. Maybe yeah, that's was, you know, y- in the, batteries.
1: The thing you do know is that at least historically, you know, you watch it month to month, quarter to quarter. But I mean, historically, things that are doing bad right now might be things to really get an eye on going down the road and converse things that are doing really good right now right. be real careful they may be at the top of the table and right. they may be ready to fall off the cliff
0: right well and i think it's important to, to to say this you know because we are we do manage portfolios for clients this is this is what we do professionally we have been taking profits for some time we have not been buying back in We are very concerned about the frothiness of the market. Mm -hmm. We're looking at forward earnings and we realize that it's gonna be very difficult for some of these companies to eclipse those forward earnings numbers. Um, And and, and those have been revised down. And and we're trading them up like we have the all-time, I think that we're at all-time highs in terms of valuations across the market. And usually when you hit all-time highs in valuations across the market, you hit all-time highs again, and then you hit it again, and then you hit it again, and then you go find normal. Right, but what? Right. But what normal is is the average. Yeah. And, and valuations have been on an upswing, and they're they they've been trending higher for you know ever since the, the creation of the market multiples have been trending higher. And so these valuations have been going up over time. So it's, it is going to be a higher number than the average over the last 50 years, because the average over the last 10 years is higher than the average over the first 10 years of the last 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. So it is going to be higher than the average, but at the same time, it's not going to be this high. Now it could keep going higher for a year or two, five, 10, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But at some point in here, valuations normalize. and, And I think that's, the snapback on this one might be really, really extreme. Yeah, yeah. And that's the fear. That's the fear that we have as money managers. Um, and We have for our clients. Our clients are typically very conservative in nature, income-oriented. They're already retired. They've built their nest egg, and they're far more concerned with not losing it than with us finding them the next hot stock tip. None of our clients have been upset that we didn't buy Zoom for them. Right, <laughs> right, right. I say none. A few of them, maybe. But, well, but a
1: few, yeah. They, they, I might have wished we would have done it. Yeah. But if we came along and said, "Well, hey, we've got a, uh, we've got one called Broom, and mm. and it's going to be a good one." Yeah. Have you guys heard of Broom yet? Yeah. It, it, it yeah. Cleans <laughs> it cleans floors. <laughs> it cleans floors. It's a, it's, it's, it's a broom. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be the next hot stock, right? The innovation over at Broom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so instead of Zoom, we got Broom, and they might say, "Hey, I'll pass on that one," right? They. they they might not want to try it, and then next thing you know, broom. We talked about hindsight being twenty twenty. Broom right. goes up five hundred thousand percent, right, whatever, right. and then we think, oh man, we should have bought some broom. But you, to your point, our clients are not upset that no. we didn't buy broom. And, and, and a broom. lot of our
0: and a lot of our clients, especially mm-hmm. the ones that are more engaged um, here at the firm, they come in on, on our on our you know they, we used to have this thing called donuts with Keith where we'd have the stock picking contest. They come in every other Friday, they pick a stock. And then if they if their stock performed the best over two weeks, they get a gift card or, you know, some gift that we would have for them. And, uh, you know, the stocks that people pick in that are, are like, um, Man, that Pacific Energy Group thing, that <laughs> that, that like company, at whenever the where it crashed, yeah, uh, like totally, the like uh, yeah, the, everything was falling apart and yeah, the fires and, and everything, and mm-hmm. it was like, well, we am gonna speculate on that. And we're like, you want us to buy some of that in your portfolio? That like, absolutely no, not. I don't want any part of that. No, I don't want to no. own that for real. But I think, and it actually did really well. Actually, <laughs> really, we've had Tesla <laughs> it did really well. Yeah, we've had, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've the had guy, Zoom and the guy Tesla guy who both. Picked yeah. That
1: won the contest at, that that
0: yeah. particular day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had we've had people that go dumpster diving. You know, they'll they'll jump in and they'll be like, man, I think GE is gonna make turnaround here. Uh, they, they did not win. They don't uh, win. Yeah. You know, G's done well here recently, but they did not win. But yeah, I mean, people are far more, uh, you know, they're far more um, accepting of risk if it's not their actual money. Right. And, and that's been our experience with our clients. Now, right. I don't know that all clients are like that, but definitely with our clients. Right. So, right.
1: Um, so anyway, so I think. And, I and think, you know, another thing along that line uh, is they may be willing to have high levels of risk with a small amount of money, mm-hmm. but not the big the big pot, right? right. And that's the way we think as well. You know, yeah, I mean, we're willing to take a shot with a little bit, but not take a shot with your whole portfolio, right. you know. And uh, and 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 most people. Think that way, and should think that way. You know, you got to be a little bit more careful because the market can hurt you if you're if you're too far out. I, I call it. You get too far out in the ocean, and if if things go bad, you don't have enough time to get back to shore. Right. Right. And there's your there's your analogy for that. You know that uh, you be careful not to get too far out there. You know. So I you know I went
0: I, I got a great story here. I went to the ocean recently. Uh, it was actually, it was, yeah, it was actually just right before COVID happened. Um, me, a buddy from high school and a, and a, good friend of mine that, um, I met here in Northwest Arkansas after college. So me, Steve and Travis, we go out and Travis wants to go deep sea fishing. And man, I, I am not sure how I'm going to handle this. And you know, you, you roll up and you're like, please be like a, like a, like a cruise line size ship, please. <laughs> and you know, I can't remember I can't remember what our captain's name was, but I think it was Charlie or something like that. Captain Charlie, this is in Costa Rica too. Yeah. You know, so Captain Charlie, he pulls up and he's got this little boat, you know, this little fishing boat. And I'm like, dude, where are we taking this boat? we are we <laughs> taking this little guy? You know <laughs> We're out there. There are tankers, oil tankers going by. <laughs> We're out there this <laughs> Getting thrown around. Steve almost fell out of the boat one time. It's like, there aren't very many seats in the boat. So he's like, you're like sitting on coolers and like anything you. Oh, no. Man, you're like, you're just like, strap me in here, please. And the waves throwing you around. And, yeah, you hit that point somewhere where you're getting further and further away from the shore. And, 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 I, and see, I had the benefit. I was looking backwards because <laughs> right. Steve and Travis were like, man, I can't look backwards and do this. And I was like, well, I can't look forward and do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it either way. I'm so. keeping my eye on the shoreline, <laughs> <Yes>. right? I mean, it is beautiful. Like, if you ever get a chance oh, to go to Christian, sure, it is yeah. just unbelievably gorgeous. But yeah. right where the, the bay, so you kind of come out of... Of the the kind of the kind of harbor like the bay and kind of like right where the the breakers happen or like right where the the like you're in the ocean you go from kind of being up against you know the the shore you're pretty far out you're a couple mile you know maybe a mile out but right where that point is and and where like the ocean starts to twist and turn where like mm-hmm. different currents are happening and different mm-hmm. different things are happening and man you like that is the most terrifying moment and you get beyond that and it's just calm. It's just like this, this utter calm, but it's this rocking calm. Mm -hmm. And, and I I remember like seeing the shoreline disappear and then being like, okay, well, that's it. That's it. That's 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 all there is to it. We died in the ocean. <laughs> no one will ever find us. And I don't know that the technology in Costa Rica is good at, like no one's coming to get us. There's no coast guard. You know, Ashton Kutcher and Kevin Costner aren't jumping out of a helicopter to come get me. <laughs> They're not coming. So here I am just I'm a, and you you re, it's that point where you go like you, you get very far away from the shore and you go I can't swim that far. Yeah. And, but there's a point in there where you go Okay, I definitely can't swim that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is way too I far. Can't even see the shoreline. I them. don't see it. I don't even know. Where I, and, and then they start doing circles, and the dolphins are jumping <laughs> around, and they're giving you, you know, pineapple and watermelon. And the next thing you know, you're like, I don't even know where. I don't know which way is home. Like we, if, if we were to sink, I don't know which way to swim. <laughs> So you might be swimming further out I, into the ocean, right? I tell you what I would be doing is I'd be trying to get around one of those dolphins. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. Rope a dolphin like Jack <laughs> yeah. Sparrow. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> so anyway, but uh-huh. to your to your point, to your analogy, yeah, I mean you you get too far away and you get to that point where I can't go back. Yep. I can't go back now that I can't swim back in, in in a situation where we crash where this thing sh- where this thing starts to sink I can't swim back to shore yeah and a lot of people do that a lot of people get over leveraged especially when they start making money you get the mm-hmm. first taste of making money in the market and it's hard to think that you're not good at it yeah it's yeah. hard for you to go oh no I'm just want I'm just another sociological being. That is Mm -hmm. psychologically buying into the idea that Zoom is going to change the world when it is priced 500 years into the future right now. And you think, well, Zoom's got a good stock because a lot of more people are going to start using Zoom in the future. And the reality is, no. Mm. It's not that that more people won't use Zoom in the future. That's not what it is. It's, you can't base whether or not Zoom is a good stock on how many people are going to use it in the future because you get what you pay for, it. Right. and right there you're buying something that may not have the ability to produce the revenues necessary to justify that level of valuation, and you've got a lot of those stocks in the market right now, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the sinking ship, that's the thing that we've been talking about, um, and we've alluded to it a lot of times, but that's the one that we're most terrified of as investors, is you can't not you can't avoid names like Zoom and Facebook and Amazon, you can avoid Zoom. You can't avoid Facebook and, and Apple. Like these are two names you really, it's tough to avoid those because the valuations aren't so out of control, but they're definitely names where you could get hurt real bad. You mm-hmm. could get hurt really bad, especially names like Amazon, uh, Google Alphabet, um, mm-hmm. especially Zoom and Tesla. Those are two you could get hurt really bad, really quickly. Yeah. And yeah. kind of hot, hot companies, not necessarily great companies, not necessarily great stocks but hot companies and hot stocks yeah
1: hey enjoyed it this was good let's uh, bust out of here and we'll be back in two weeks